What's going on, Melanated family, man? This is your boy Harrison, bringing you another episode of my show, the Melanated Convo Podcast. On this show, I do a few things. Again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. On this show, I do a few things. We talk about black businesses. When we look at the health of our communities, supporting black businesses is definitely a large part of how we can get out of some of the financial ruin that we're in right now, as well as, um, as, well as you know, searching out businesses, Finding them, making sure you support them. If you have a black business, make sure you tell people about it. So on the show, we talk about black businesses. I talk about different news stories going on in the black community, in the melanated community. And also on every show, we have a topic. We talk about something affecting our families, something affecting the country at large. Um, today, what we're going to talk about is fatherly expectations. What I mean by fatherly expectations is sometimes as fathers, this is for all my Fathers that kind of came up like me, who was young, had kids early. Sometimes when you're not quite sure who you are, you set the wrong expectations with your children, which can lead in them resenting you, which can lead to them being extremely disappointed about, you know, how you've chose to live with them or their mother, whatever the case may be. So we're going to get into a few details about what I feel about setting the proper expectations because at the end of the day, all of us want to have a great relationship with our kids. At the end of the day, we want to be able to grow old with our children and have great stories and great memories. But sometime when we're young, when we enter into relationships the wrong way, we kind of fuck all that up. So it's important that we be mature, put our ego to the side, <clears throat> excuse me, and set the proper expectations. So let's get everything popping, y'all. So let's get it going, man. Today, first, we're going to start with the black businesses like we always do, you feel me? So last week, I talked about these two black businesses and like I said, every week, we are going to talk about two black businesses with the same two black businesses two weeks in a row, right? So, first black businesses. Now again, in my community, black folks, we love to wear shades, we love to look fly, have our glasses on, I got the perfect company for you. It's a company called Shades, of shades.com when you go to the website it's shades hyphen of hyphen shades.com they specialize shades of shades is the pioneer leading the nude eyewear industry if anybody isn't aware what nude eyewear is that's basic and i wasn't aware of this until i found this company so you learn something new every day right this company um, leads the industry in nude eyewear which nude eyewear is basically eyewear that's the same color as your face Right, so they lead. They're the leading nude eyewear industry, breaking all the rules and celebrating diversity in the forefront. The brand was developed out of frustration with the lack of full representation of the shade of nude within the fashion eyewear industry. Now, nude shades are more than one or two shades of tan or pink. Our 14 complexion eyewear palette is hand selected and crafted with real skin complexion in mind. So for all my melanated folks out there, this is perfect for you. You can get a pair of shades that match your skin tone. As they say, typically you can't find shades that match your skin tone the way you would want to. So these sisters have this this sister has devised some shades that can match your skin tone if you go to the website, which is shades-ofshades.com. If you go to the website, it's really elegantly put together. The shades range from $230 to $395. I don't want to hear nobody talking about how expensive that is. We spend a lot of goddamn money outside of our community on shit that aren't that that doesn't really hold value we spend a lot of money on fashion we spend a lot of money on things on trinkets and shit that we like if we're going to do that because you know to a degree we do spend too much money a year on these type of things but 
if we're gonna do that, let's do it with a black company, right? So if you're looking for some new shades, Christmas is coming up. I'm sure somebody's birthday is coming up. Please go to shades-of-shades.com. You could probably just Google shades-of-shades.com and the website will come up. So again, go to the website as soon as possible. Purchase you some of these glasses, man. Again, the glasses are from 230 bucks to 395 dollars. Um, again, looking at the website, the glasses look real sleek. They look real stylish. I think people in the community can benefit from it. Go to the website, check them out today. Second business. This is a company I was aware of for a while, and I'm excited to present them because they kind of encompass. Um, a lot of what I talk about on the show, a lot of what my philosophy is, which is basically being on code, the black community being on code, a code of conduct is a set of rules that we follow because the code of conduct is, is, is treating your brother and sister a particular way. A code of conduct is giving your brother and sister the benefit of the doubt. When you're around people outside of our community, there should be a way that we conduct ourselves. There should be uh, like a through line that we all practice whether or not we anywhere, you know what I mean? Like treating each other all fucked up, treating each other a particular way in front of people who are non-black, talking down on other black people, not supporting black businesses, you know what I mean? All these things, in my opinion, is considered being off-code. So I found a clothing line called OnCodeClothing.com. Now, OnCode Clothing Company is a brand centered around the aspirations of a like-minded community, like a uniform, allowing one to recognize others that are on the same code of conduct and mindset of black economic empowerment. So again, family, this clothing line embodies everything that I stand for. So you can go to OnCodeClothing.com. They have a lot of t-shirts. Of course, they have uh, shirts, hats, sweaters, jackets, face masks because of everything that we're going through right now. Um, they have like a HBU section where you can get HBU mugs, HBCU sweaters. And again, in my opinion, even if you're not, um, even if you haven't attended an HBCU, maybe you want to rock a Gremlin State sweater. Maybe you want to rock a Howard University sweater just to represent um, a predominantly black university, right? So if you go to the website on code clothing, you can find these things. They have... Um, leggings for females, sports bras for females, sweaters for females as well. They have a 2020 line of clothing, which pretty much addresses this crazy year and addresses all the things that we've been through this year. It addresses um, how these presidential candidates haven't necessarily presented a black agenda. So it addresses that. It addresses the benign neglect policy, which I talked about last week. So it addresses a lot of the things that we go that we have been experiencing in our community specifically to us. You know what I mean? So it's one thing to go out and buy clothes and get fly. I think all of us should um, Take time to look nice. There is nothing wrong with that. But the icing on the cake to me is to being able to, to support somebody who look like you, but also having fly gear, right? Because like I always say, I don't think it's enough just to support a black business. If we want to do them, um, if we want to help them out as much as possible, we need to support uh, qualified black businesses. So just because you black, I'm not going to give you my money. To me, it's always a tiebreaker. So I can buy the same thing you sell down the street from somebody that's not in our community, the tiebreaker is gonna be that you black. So the, the quality of the service, the customer service, the quality of the product, these things still have to be up to par for me to spend my money with you, you feel me? So everybody go to oncodeclothing.com, oncodeclothing.com. It is Christmas time. Like I said on the last 
um, the last business. I'm sure it's somebody's birthday coming up soon, you feel me? So go to oncodeclothing.com, check out what they got. I'm sure you'll be able to find something. I'm going to order me a couple shirts here in a few weeks, you feel me? So oncodeclothing.com, go there right now, support somebody who look like you so we can stay on code, you feel me? Now, enough of the black businesses. Time to get this thing popping, man. Let's start with these news stories. Found a couple news stories, like I always do, that are extremely interesting to me. But I want to talk about them with the family, right? So everybody is aware, if you are a basketball fan, even if you're maybe, even if you may not be a basketball fan, you may be aware of um, LeVar Ball and his children, LaMelo Ball, Lonzo Ball, um, LiAngelo Ball. These are his three kids. They've been polarizing figures in this country over the past four or five years based on how talented these young brothers are and really based on how polarizing the father is. All of the outlandish claims he's made, the the shoe line and everything that he's tried to create. So I wanted to talk about this story because I'm a big fan of Lamar Ball, regardless of some of the antics, regardless of some of the shit he said that of you like, ah, eh, I don't necessarily agree with that. But the bottom line is being a man myself who, um, didn't necessarily go about doing things with my kids the way he did. The the regimen and things that he put together at such an early time in their life, that speaks volumes to me. The fact that he was just with one woman, whether she's white or not, I don't really give a fuck about that. The fact that he was with one woman and he vowed to kind of put his children in a position to be successful via basketball, that's something that we all should inspire to. Fuck what people say negatively about the brother. I rock with him, right? So let me read a little bit, a little bit of this to y'all regarding... Um, LaMelo being drafted. So Lonzo and LaMelo Ball have made history by becoming the first sibling duo to be selected in the top three of the NBA draft. Lonzo was selected as number two overall pick in 2017 by the Los Angeles Lakers, and Melo was selected number three overall by the Charlotte Hornets in the 2020 draft on Wednesday. Now, of course, like I mentioned, there is three Ball brothers um, total. Leangelo Ball, I think, plays in the G League right now, so he's not in the NBA, but how great would that will be if ultimately that brother ends up being in the NBA as well, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm always rooting for him, regardless of what the news has said, regardless of how he's presented himself at times. Overall, I kind of get the message. Now, I wanted to read something else because to me, a lot of executives and a lot of um, corporate figures Fear somebody like him who was coming in the game independent. Regardless of how you feel about the shoes, I heard they were overpriced a little. Well, they were overpriced a little bit. I heard that, you know, people order the shoes and didn't get them. So when we talk about, because I was just speaking about black businesses now, so we can't let the brother off the hook. If you're doing business and people not getting their products, that's something you got to look at. But overall, I appreciate everything he's done for his kids. Overall, I appreciate just the 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 legacy that he's leaving in this is setting an example to me. Like if, excuse me, if more black fathers took on the responsibility and it may not be just basketball. It could be if your kid is into art, if your kid is into being an engineer, if your kid wants to be a doctor, if your kid wants to be a firefighter, like whatever your, your child wants to be in life, if you put the kind of passion this brother put behind his children, they're like bound to be successful. So again, it's something that we can all and uh, expire to be. Now, I want to read this because in 2007, a Nike executive, because to me, this is, I don't want to make everything about race when I come on my show, right? But 
I'm not going to ignore the elephant in the room at times. I'm not going to ignore the shit that I've seen. I'm, I'm of the belief that if LeVar, LeVar Ball was a white man with three white sons still talking the way he talked, I'm not sure if he would get the backlash. But that's just me. That's just how I feel about it. You feel me? So, for example, a Nike executive, George Raveling, said LeVar was the worst thing that happened to basketball in the last 100 years. What the fuck is that? Come on. The last 100 years, why is that? Because he's coming into the game because, and this was after, LeVar said he wanted a $1 billion shoe deal and an apparel deal for his three sons. Now, again, some of his requests, some of um, how he's phrased things seem kind of outlandish. But are we to ignore how much money these teams, how much money these companies make off of black athletes, right? So if a black father comes in the game and says, nah, look. This is our price. You're going to give it to me and fuck you if you don't want to. You see what I'm saying? So to me, being that brazen, being being that outspoken in America, being a black man, I, to me, y'all, it's always going to be some shit with that. Regardless of how you, um, regardless of what field you're, you're trying to ingratiate yourself in, it seems like to me, even going back to, to, to uh, 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 Muhammad Ali and figures like that who was real outspoken, right? We got to realize every, from my opinion, every, um, throughout history, every black person who's been extremely, let's say they were great at their job or whatever they do, everyone that has been extremely outspoken, the media, white corporations have always frowned on that. And I don't think this, Le this LeVar Ball situation was anything different. And ultimately, I, I support the brother. I salute him for doing what he did with his kids. Regardless of how successful those two brothers end up being in the NBA, it's just great to see. And I admire LeVar Ball for being that type of father. Because, again, regardless of if you agree with him or not, if all black fathers in our community took the time and the energy and put it into their kids the way he did, some of the shit we see going on with a lot of these young dudes in the streets, we wouldn't see that. If you had a man around that can direct your energy, you know what I mean? And even though, again, some of the he put a target on Lonzo's back to a degree, but at the same time, that's one way you can look at it. But the other but the other aspect is, in my opinion, Lonzo didn't have as much pressure because his father was out in front taking all the bullets for him. So he could just be quiet and play basketball. Right. So, again, I salute LeVar Ball. Hopefully LaMelo will be successful. I wanted all three of them to go to the NBA just so he could have the last laugh type of shit. You know what I mean? And ultimately, you know, um, LiAngelo, who's in the G League, he may end up going pro. I mean, he may end up in, he may end up in the NBA, and if so, that's great. That's great for our community. So, black fathers, all my fathers out there, look at that as a testament to how we all should be. And again, had a baby with one woman. There's videos of that man working with his kids at one, two, three years old. Come on now, y'all. That's inspirational if I ever seen it. Shout out to the Ball family. You feel me? Now, let's see here. I'm rolling, man. I'm rolling. Let's get this thing popping. All right, next story. Oh, next, next story, and I'm sure many of you are aware of this. And again, family, all of these stories about um, police officers and black people, like I said a couple weeks ago, sometimes I feel like I'm repeating myself. Sometimes I feel like, well, no, maybe um, I shouldn't talk about that story. I talk about police killings, but no, we got to keep talking about this shit until it stops. You know what I mean? One one black man being killed by a cop 
unjustly and that cop not going to jail is too much. One is too much. So if it continues to happen, even though I'm aware that sometimes the media will use things to sensationalize situations, I understand that. But ultimately, we still got to talk about this shit. Ultimately, it's still going on in our community. And, you know, for those of, and this is another reason why I do it. For those of you who may not watch the news, those of you who may not be going, know what's going on around the country to other black folks, I'm going to present you this information so you can know what's going on in your community, man. This is the code I was just talking about. It's about us being on code. You know what I mean? It's about us all being uniform and seeing each other as one. When I see a black man get killed in... In, in, in Alabama or in Louisiana, to me, that's my brother. That same thing can happen to me here in California. So I look at every, I look at all black people in this country as my family. That's how I see it. You feel me? So this is a story out of Florida, and there was a video attached to it. So authorities released video footage of a fatal police shooting that left two black teenagers dead in Florida. Now, this is the situation, y'all. Now, the shooting occurred November 13th in Cocoa. In Cocoa, Florida, is that Cocoa, C-O-C-O-A? In Cocoa, Florida, a coastal town about 50 miles east of Orlando, Angelo Crumbs, who was 16, and 18-year-old Sincere Pierce, both of Cocoa, were in a moving car trying to drive away from a traffic stop when Brevard County Sheriff's Department, or I'm sorry, Brevard County Sheriff's Deputy, Jafit Santiago Miranda, fired several gunshots at the vehicle. Now, the Brevard County Sheriff's Office, in a statement this week, suggested that the fatal shooting was justified, claiming Santiago Miranda was in immediate danger because the car was barreling down on him when he fired on it. And if you go to um, melanatedfathers.com, go to my website, melanatedfathers.com, you can read this news story. There's a video attached, and in my personal opinion, family, the young men was driving the car, and it looks like the car may have been on the side of the officer. From my angle, it, it didn't look as if the car was coming fast directly at him, and he had to shoot as many times as he shot. You know what I mean? So we're going to get into that in a minute. Let me read a little bit more of this just to give y'all a clear understanding. Okay, so just so you know, it was two officers there. Both officers were fairly new to the department, for whatever that's worth. Santiago Miranda was hired by the sheriff's office in February 2007. His partner, Carson Hendren, a second deputy at the scene during the shooting, joined the agency in 2018. So these are fairly, um, fairly young officers. And again, family, I'm, I'm, I'm into being as contextual as possible. I understand that in our community, in any community in America, some form of policing is necessary, right? So when we talk about defunding the police and all these different movements, let's, let's be specific about what we're talking about. Taking money from police departments and putting, putting some of those funds into areas um, that could be more beneficial to the community is what, in my opinion, and what I've read, how actually defunding the police can happen. Now, and maybe not in this situation, but there are other times where, you know, maybe a cop with a gun shouldn't be the one that shows up. Now, in this situation, um, oh, I'm going to finish reading this. The, the, the sheriff's office said both deputies were placed on paid administrative leave pending the investigation by Florida Department of Law Enforcement, a common procedure for officer-involved shootings. We figured that was going to happen. They get on paid leave, then they end up being back in the goddamn force. That's pretty much how it works. But here's the thing, family. Supposedly, they were following these two. They were, it's four, three young men in the car. 
Two of them end up getting shot and killed, right? Supposedly, they followed these young men because they said it was a stolen vehicle. Supposedly, they said it was a stolen vehicle. Now, come to find out, the the young man that was driving, um, I think his crumb, let me see here, Angelo Crumbs, he was in his girlfriend's car, right? So if, let's just say that's the case. So you see these dudes drive by because the third kid who got in the car, his, his, um, I don't think it was his mother, but his caregiver witnessed him get in the car. So he's, she's seen his two friends come pick him up. He get in the car. They drive off. Once they drive off, she see the cops start following them. She immediately became a little antsy, like, I hope these cops don't mess with these babies. She says, once the third kid got in the car, the cops um, begin to follow the young men in the video that I have on my website, you'll see that once they follow the young men, the young men pull into a driveway, come back out, and they're about to go back the other way. Now, it's several ways you can look at this situation, right? So for one, the bottom line is these weren't criminals. These weren't criminals. So uh, approaching them the way they approached them um, um, may, may have been a little incorrectly, but also I what I would say about the young men because once the young man backed out, he was about to drive towards the officer. Now, again, in the video, it looks as if the young man was going to come this way on the officer, opposed to hitting him direct, right? And he's driving at six, seven, eight miles an hour. He's not driving that fast, right? But at the end of the day, something we got to tell our babies, something we got to tell our young men, when you're in a situation where cops are attempting to pull you over and they pull their guns out, you got to stop. Like, that's one thing I would have told the young men and any of our young men, like once, and I'm going to continue to say this, once you get pulled over by a cop, you damn near behind enemy lines. So I don't want you to tuck your tail and not be a man, but you definitely got to move strategically so you can make it home to your family. So the two young men end up getting killed, right? Again, the officer fired like nine, ten shots in the car, and we're going to continue to have this conversation of... How could these cops have approached this situation so everybody lives, right? Like I'm, like at times, I don't even be on no shit like don't do police work or don't investigate suspicious people, right? Even though sometimes they focus in on us opposed to other people. But at the end of the day, this shouldn't have, he shot 10, 11, 12 times in that car. So let's look at that. He couldn't have shot the tires, right? There isn't a way to shoot at a vehicle. Now, again, if a car is burling at you full speed, you may have to shoot wherever you have to shoot to stop them. That wasn't the case here. So for one, you fucking with some kids that didn't even do nothing, right? These kids wasn't driving no stolen car. There was no reason to follow them. Uh, now, if more information comes out about why they were messing with these young men, then I, I report on that. But to my knowledge, these young men was driving. He was driving his girlfriend's car, right? You could have, like a, a report that I read said, you could have ran the license plate to find this thing out. So why are you jumping out of your car, pulling your gun out? All of this shit looks suspicious. So when we talk about Black Lives Matter, when we talk about police brutality, when we talk about all these things that melanated Americans complain about, this is damn near a prime example of what the fuck we're talking about. Because at the end of the day, these babies is dead, Right. And from, you know, just from history and knowing how all of this works, I don't think, um, you know, I don't think that that these um, I don't think that these officers are going to be arrested. You see what I'm saying? And when they don't get arrested, you tell me what's the um, 
What's the what's the benefit if you're a police officer in a situation like this to stop doing what you're doing? What's what's you're not going to get arrested. You probably just get transferred. You don't really lose no money. So they 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 gun happy. You know what I mean? So, again, the, the, the car was not stolen. And if that's the case, if the car was not stolen and this is like a mistaken identity thing. Both of y'all should be fired for one, and the cop who shot needs to go to jail. It is my opinion, family, that if one of these cops who killed us get 25 to life, they all stop. You see what I'm saying? But when we're dealing with these Blue Lives Matter motherfuckers, when we're dealing with these police unions, it's, these are, to me, these are some of the biggest gangs in America, and they protect each other beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I understand to a degree you have a dangerous job, but not like that. Not to where you get to pull your gun and kill anybody um, without no retribution. You know what I mean? That, that shit ain't cool. And like I keep telling people, I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day who's a Trump supporter, who doesn't believe racism, who doesn't believe racism exists and all this shit. <coughs> Excuse me. I had to tell him that, look, if police treated everybody the same way, let's say they was killing innocent white people, unarmed white people and not going to jail because he read he tried to read me a stat saying that police kill white people more well no shit it's more white people in the country and i would need to look at the details about that are we talking about armed white people are we talking about um white people who are being aggressive you see what i'm saying because even somebody black if you come in an officer with a knife or if you come in an officer with a gun they're gonna have to do something to put your ass down right but if you're unarmed, if you're just trying to fight, it should be a hundred ways they can get out of that. And in my opinion, white people aren't getting killed. Show me a story of a white teenager, a 16-year-old white boy, getting killed by cops in this manner, in this whole country not being in, in uproar. You see what I'm saying? And I looked up a little more information about the sheriff who's in charge of this town, which is important. The sheriff's, which name is Wayne Ivey. He is a, he's a, 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 one of these tough on crime type of sheriffs who feels you, he, he gonna arrest the criminals, he gonna chase the criminals regardless of whatever. He's actually a really good friend with Trump, which is important to note. And looking up this county, looking up this, this county, which is, um, hold on one second. Brevard County Sheriff's Department, when looking up that county, they've dealt with racist incidents back in 2018 with, 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 with racial claims about how they pulled over a brother. And, you know what I'm saying, they, they didn't plant crack on him, but they pulled him over for having drugs. They, they say he threw drugs out of the car, like to make a long story short. They say he threw drugs out of the car, never threw drugs out of the car. They end up putting him in jail for like 36 hours. So the point is, in some of these instances, is racially motivated. Like, I want to get to a point in this country where we don't have to talk about race at all. Where we can look at a situation and, and believe that the white officer, whoever's involved, is dealing with the person based on the actual incident. Based on what that person actually did. Opposed to some racially motivated shit. You know what I mean? So, the Brevard County Sheriff's uh, 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 um, 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 Sheriff, which his name is, let me tell you his name again. Because this is important, family. We need to know who these peop people are. We need to know who affecting our community. And a lot of times, when you look at these things, you will see a trail of what is to come, right? So he's a Republic incumbent. Wayne Ivey is known nationally for his tough-on-crime viral videos. This motherfucker be putting... He has a wheel of fugitives, where he has like six or eight fugitives, and he 
spins the wheel wherever it lands. That's who they should go arrest right uh, right now or whatever. He also um, dog whistles to his to, to his community, telling the citizens to strap up, basically telling the citizens to help the officers and do whatever they got to do to get the criminals off the street. You know what I mean? So this this police department could be riddled with these type of officers. Right. I just finished watching. Um, I just finished watching a documentary on Netflix called Trial 4, right? Where it's about this brother named Sean, damn it, what is this, Sean Avery, Sean, I can't remember the brother's name. But he lived in Boston, and he dealt with something similar. Or he dealt with these these corrupt police departments. So in Boston, it was a corrupt police department that basically set him up to take a murder, just to make a long story short for you guys, set him up to take a murder based on the fact that the the cop who got killed was a dirty cop. The cop that got killed was a dirty cop. He had dirty um, deputies around him, so they did their best to cover up the case and just pick somebody to send off to, 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 to jail based on the fact that they was stealing money and they was doing criminal type of shit, right? So we have a lot of, I, I only say that to say, in my opinion, we have a lot of police departments in America that needs to be just decomposed. Like we need to break these motherfuckers down and start fresh. You see what I'm saying? Because like I was saying last week, some of these racist factions, I'm not sure if they're not too far gone at this point. You know what I mean? Because some of them have been given the green light to pretty much do whatever you want to do. Like in that situation in Boston, these officers, these detectives, they were literally doing whatever they wanted to do. Even as far as working overtime, they would lie about the overtime they was making. There was no checks and balances. You know what I mean? And then when you went to the highest, then when you went to the highest DA in the country or the highest DA in Boston, the highest detective in Boston, they was all on that bullshit too. You see what I'm saying? So as black folks, it's like a it's like a losing battle, man. I want to be able to come on here and just talk about the things that we go through and talk about some of these things without looking at it from a racist point of view, but it's difficult, family. It's difficult when looking at the history of our people in this country and to continue to see stories like this. At the end of the day, excuse me, these two babies is gone. This is a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old who ain't going to be able to get married. They ain't going to be able to go to college. You Excuse me. Excuse me, they ain't gonna be able to start families. You see what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, these babies is gone, man, and I'm tired of this shit. And I'm gonna continue to talk about, because again, the the my homeboy I was I was having a conversation with, you know what I mean? He 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 hit, and we've had these kind of ongoing conversations. He hitting me like, you need to quit talking about race so much. I'm like, fuck that. Who who am I upsetting? We need to be aware of what's going on in this country if somebody outside of my community don't like what the fuck i'm talking about i don't care man we need to bring we need to speak truth to power you feel me we need to speak truth to power until this shit stop happening that's the bottom line that's the bottom line all of us have a job to do just to look at the injustices at my people and turn the other cheek is some shit that i'm never gonna do and if you black and you're not on that page i ain't got time for you either period I'm not changing my stance on none of this shit until I see it stop happening. These is our babies, y'all. These is 16, 17, 18-year-old motherfuckers. So look, we are already dealing with the fact that we have a problem with how we treat each other, right? Because that's something else he was telling me. Like, I'm, I'm not stupid. 
we can we can have both conversations. Do, do, do you realize that? We can have both conversations. Now, they're a little separate, but we can have both conversations. We can have a conversation about police brutality and how we're treated in this country by authority figures across the board. Right? That's true. Then we can have another conversation about how we treat each other, about how we kill each other, about how we don't stay on code with each other, about how this system has almost turned us against each other, where you quick to harm somebody black, but George Zimmerman is still walking the streets right now. You know what I mean? A lot of cops who've killed our babies are still, are still walking the streets right now, and we don't have the same venom towards people who hurt anybody black. Now, of course, for some people, if this type of shit happened to somebody in your family, then you may jump into action. But melanated people, I, I'm here to tell you we need to get to a point where it don't have to be nobody in your family. Like I was saying, these young dudes, they in my family. They in my global black family. Because if that shit can happen to them, that can happen to one of my five boys. And I'm not waiting to something happens to somebody in my family before I jump into action. Because really, the minimum we can do, because I'm in, I believe in community organizing. I believe in all, and this is my belief, I believe all black people in America, all melanated people in America should be a part of some community organization. If you're a writer, you need to be writing writing about injustice. If you like speaking like me, you need to be speaking about injustice. If you're a teacher in the school, you need to be teaching about injustice. If you got kids at home, you need to be teaching them about black history, digging into it as much as you possibly can so they can get a clear understanding of where we are in this country. This is our responsibility, y'all. If you're not going to start an organization, be a part of an organization. Give food to the homeless. Mentor kids in your neighborhood. Like, if we are to get rid of all of the goddamn problems that we face in this country, it's going to take all of us. It's too many niggas on the sideline just worried about their family. Now, I get you. I get you, bro. It's, it, it's important that your household is straight. That's first, right? But after you get your household straight, we got a whole lot of work to do, and this shit is going to take all of us. So rest in peace to the two young brothers, because that's the bottom line. These two young brothers, like I said, they ain't getting married. They ain't going to college. Their future is cut short. Show me where else in America this happens to anybody else. What the fuck are we talking about? People telling me stop, stop talking about race? People telling me stop using profanity? Is, is, that, <laughs> is that what's on your mind when I'm talking? The fact that I'm cussing? Fuck that. Look at what I'm talking about. I had, I had to tell somebody this the other day. She was like, I love your stuff, Harrison. You, you cutting down on a profanity too? I don't give a shit about that. Look at what I'm talking about. Look at the type of situations that I'm talking about. These ain't calm scenarios. It's, it's damn near time. It's go time. It's battle time. I'm, I'm of that belief. Like if some shit popped off in this country, some racial war type shit, which just a note, in my opinion, I don't think we ready as black folks to engage some shit like that. But I'm ready, man. Like I love my people at all costs. I People... What happens to me sometimes is people who know me, who don't know how I feel about some of these issues, as they say, you shouldn't talk about politics and race, and I see why. Why? Motherfuckers is scared. That's why. Of who they gonna offend. They are scared they boss is watching. You feel me? They scared they white buddy or they're Asian. I don't give a fuck about none of that, family. I don't care about none of that. Black people is my family, and if anybody don't like that, I don't give a shit. I'm going to speak about it the way that I need to. I'm free. You mean? 
up here, I'm free. Now, of course, there's restrictions when we travel this country and motherfuckers tell me all the time we're completely free. My homeboy was telling me that, that we... I wouldn't go that far to say we're completely free, but you could be free mentally. I'm not going to let, let nobody control what I say. I'm not going to create a platform where I speak for my people but hold my goddamn tongue. I don't care where you know me from or what situations you know me from. This is how I feel, and if you don't like it, I don't give a fuck. That's the point we got to get to, family. I'm about helping my people. I'm about empowering my people one father at a time, goddammit, just like my website say. You feel me? So rest in peace to the young brother, Angelo Crumbs, who was 16. Crumbs? Crumbs? I apologize if I'm saying his name wrong, family. Angelo Crumbs and the 18-year-old brother, Sincere Pierce, two of our young kings who are gone for what? Again, if you want to see the video of this officer killing these two young brothers, you can go to melanatedfather.com, melanatedfathers, excuse me, dot com. Check out the news article. Where on the news article, you'll see, or in the news article, I posted the video where, again, these are, two, these are three young men driving in a vehicle. Supposedly, they were driving in a stolen car. Now we, now we know... The vehicle was not stolen. So the officers are following the car. They're telling them stop or whatever the case may be. Their lights are on or whatever. They're following the car. The young men pull into a driveway, back out, and they appear to, they're going to start driving towards the officer's cruiser. You feel me? Now, if you look at the video, for one, he's going seven, eight miles an hour. So you could have bust a tire, you could have bust in the air, you could have did something to scare him at least. He don't even look as if he's coming directly at the officer. He looked like he on the side of the officer a little bit. And then the officer let loose in the car like 10, 15 times, unnecessary. And the car wasn't stolen. So how are we gonna repair this? Now again, like always, when a situation like this pop off, Benjamin Crump has been hired. And again, brother, Benjamin Crump, you are our brother, like I'm on here saying, I'm, I love all black people. You, my brother, but we got to take a different strategy. I would love to talk to him to get an idea because I hear him talk all the time when these cases pop up. Pop up but I want to get his ideology on how you view these cases because it almost seems like we just trying to get the family a bag. And a bag ain't going to bring the, 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 the babies back. Shit. A bag ain't going to stop these cops from doing this shit again. You know what I mean? So for a to a degree, it looks like he's almost ambulance chasing. Like, whatever case I can go to, I'm going to go to, represent the family, talk about how outrageous it was, get him like $3 million, get my little cut, move on to the next one. Family, how about we get somebody arrested? How about that be your goal? How about you, when a family hires you, you say, look, I'm not in the money game. Money is going to be way down the line, possibly. I want to get justice. Justice ain't money. Justice ain't money. Period. If you can't if you can't go into a courtroom with some of these cases which look like it's a slam dunk, then maybe they need a different lawyer. Maybe he needs a different approach. And again, I'm not sure what the brother is faced against because he is a black man in a courtroom and this is their system. So we have to factor that in too. But these cops need to start getting arrested, man. If not, if not, look, man, I got five boys, youngest being 13, right? I don't want my kids 15, 20 years from now, when they're completely grown men, going through this same shit, got a fear that they kids go end up getting hurt by a cop or hurt by somebody in charge, right? Some type of um, some type of authority figure. This is bullshit, man. So rest in peace to the young brothers. 
I'm 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 not hopeful, unfortunately. I'm not hopeful that we're going to get any arrest. I'm not hopeful that these cops will be reprimanded in a way that can possibly prevent this shit from happening again. And that's the sad part because I don't have anything to look to to say that they're going to get arrested. Name the last cop that killed a unarmed man who's doing real time. I don't mean three, four, five years. That's a slap on the wrist. After time served, after good behavior, these motherfuckers is getting out in two years. That's not enough for a person's life. So point to me to somebody getting life in prison, 25 years of life, 17 years, 15 years. That should have stopped overnight. You feel me? So rest in peace to these young brothers. Man, this country got to do better. And that's the bottom line. The fuck? Got me all hot. Next news story. Let's, let's keep it moving, family. I'm feeling good today, man. Now, let's see here. Okay, this is something. This is an organization I wasn't aware of. This is a, and I'm going to do a, um... I'm going to do a story about this, too, because this is extremely interesting to me. This is an organization I wasn't aware of. This is a, um, a situation that took place that I wasn't aware of. Now, the Philadelphia City Council formally apologizes for the deadly 1985 MOVE bombing in a resolution passed on Thursday, November 12th. Now, every member of the council... Except Council Member Brian O'Neill approved the apology, reported the Philadelphia Inquiry. On May 13, 1985, the Philadelphia Police Department dropped an explosive device on the roof of a residential building. The blast killed 11 members of MOVE, a black liberation group founded um, um, in, I think, 70s, in 71 or 72 by a brother named John Africa, who promoted a back-to-nature lifestyle. Um, five of the people who were killed was actually children, right? So when I seen this story, the first thing I thought of is Black Wall Street. Like, I wasn't aware, because just to give you a quick a synopsis, MOVE was a politically charged organization that was started in the early 70s after COINTELPRO, excuse me, after COINTELPRO and all these other organizations, well, after COINTELPRO and the FBI, excuse me, kind of stopped uh, messing with the Black Panthers once they have, once they dismantled the Black Panthers and kind of neutralized all of the black leaders we had at the time, um, Metgar Evers and everybody being killed, right? So after that took place, many say COINTELPRO um, ceased to exist at that point, but if you ask me, I think they still around. I think it's still fractions of that type of FBI unit that still watches black folks, but that's just me, right? So they were following, they were um, involved with this organization. A particular street in Philadelphia, the MOVE organization, had a house on this street. Now, while they were living there, they would have politically charged rallies. They would say, um, Yeah, you're right, bro. You're right, bro. Since I started, since I started my my, my platform on my website, um, on my website, um, on my on my YouTube streams, on um, Facebook, they be banning my website. I don't know what's going on, family, but I'm gonna keep pushing. You know what I mean? 
I don't know what's going on, family, but I'm but, but I'm gonna keep pushing. They can try to block my message all they want to, but that shit not gonna work. Our people need information. Our people need to be liberated. You know what I mean? We need to be aware of what the fuck is going on out here. You feel me? So I thought this story was 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 very intriguing because I care a lot about history. And history helps me um, kind of prioritize what I'm looking at. It gives me a starting point of where things may be going, right? So look this up, y'all. The MOVE organization out of the late 70s, basically, like I was saying, they had a house in a Philadelphia neighborhood. At this house, they would have rallies. They would have, like, bullhorns where they would say, like, socially charged messages. Cops, they would have shootout with cops like these brothers was with the business. You know what I mean? They would have shootout with cops and all these different things. And ultimately, in 85, because I read an article about, after I seen this news, I was like, damn, let me look into what these brothers was about, man. In 85, and even before that, they would have shootout with cops. They killed a cop one time. You see what I'm saying? Now, I'm not promoting any of this behavior, but what the fuck are we to do? What the, what, what the fuck are we to do if we're facing an enemy that's coming to kill us? We got to do what we got to do right now. An important note about this story in 85, because in this article, it doesn't go into detail about what happened. But in 85, check it out. This is how they got them. So they, they begin to shoot like a thousand gallons of water into the house. Th imagine this. They shot like a thousand gallons of water into the house. It was... Between 11 and like 15 people in the house. They shot a, 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 a thousand gallons of water for six hours straight into the house while, while shooting rounds, while, while constantly shooting, right? Then the city of Philadelphia, and I'm getting so tired of this shit where y'all fuck us over and then come back years later to say you apologize. Fuck your apology. What are, what, what, what are we talking about? We have, out of this MOVE organization, because I'm going to continue with the story in a minute, but out of this MOVE organization, we got like five or six of these, no, nine of these brothers was in jail for 30 to 50 years they were sentenced. Some of them are just now getting out, right? So back to what happened on that day on May 13, 1985. They shooting water into the house constantly while shooting rounds. Now, the city of Philadelphia allowed the police department to drop an explosive device on the house. When they dropped the explosive device, it ignited um, um, something they had on the roof that was flammable. When that happened, the whole house caught on fire, right? The police commissioner said, don't go in there. The fire department was coming. He said, stop. Don't go in there. Let the shit burn. Now, a, 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 a sister who survived, one of the only survivors of that incident, she says, when... So the water's coming in. They see the fire. They trying to get out the house. They were shooting them back in the house, right? So they was so, obviously, they wanted everybody in the house to be dead, right? So when we talk about, because here's the thing. The article I was reading said the MOVE organization was being considered a terrorist organization because of their unruliness, because of their willingness to bust back at the police, right? But what do you call... A motherfucker who will bomb an, an, an American city block. What do you call that? America that no goddamn terrorists? You see what I'm saying? They treat our organizations this way, but look at these white supremacist groups. These white supremacist groups be having standoffs with police departments all the time, letting them know we with the shit. They back off. I forgot the gentleman's David McVeigh or something like that. Several years ago, he had some camp like out in Texas or some city in he 
commandeered like an FBI building or some shit like that, and they talked it out with them. You see what I'm saying? They ain't want no smoke like that. You see what I'm saying? So we got the Black Panthers. We have all of these black organizations throughout history who all were created in response to how we were treated. Right? Think about that. When's the, think about a black organization you know that's went around killing people. I'll wait. What's the name of the black organization that's just killing white motherfuckers left and right? We ain't even got to that point yet. Every time we start building something, every time we get to the point where it's like these brothers can be a threat, these brothers and sisters can be a threat, they neutralize that shit because they know our power. You see what I'm saying? So when we talk about terrorist organizations, the United States should be considered one. And that's real shit right there. You see what I'm saying? It hurts my heart, man, to see what we've had to go through in this country just to be people. Right? We just want to live like everybody else, travel the country, eat good food, raise our kids, put them in good school, uh, put them in good schools with the supposedly American dream supposed to be, but that ain't no fucking dream for us. And I'm tired of people telling me that, man, yeah, I want to come on here. My whole platform, Melanated Fathers of America, is about fatherhood. It's about black history. I want to come on here. The topic later, when I'm done with this story, will be about fatherhood, setting expectations, these type of things. I want to have a whole show about that kind of shit on some real. That's what I want to dig deep into, have my guests come on, talk about these problems that we deal with as fathers. But, man, look. I would be remiss to come on here and not talk about the issues we have with this country, right? And how do we resolve some of these issues? First things first, awareness. We have to be aware of what's going on. Sometimes I do want to talk about stories in a particular way to piss you off, right? Good. Good. Get pissed off. So now maybe you want to help out. And again, how can you help out? Great fucking question. Start an organization. Be a part of or be a part of an organization. Mentor some young people around you. Speak truth to power every chance you get. If you're a writer, write about truth. Right. If you're in a community that's all fucked up, get with some other brothers in the community to mentor some of the youth. Clean up trash around. Man, look, there's a thousand ways you can be of service to your community. That's up to you to decide. Based on your personality, based on your resources, that's on you to decide how you want to help out. But the bottom line is, family, I'm here to tell you, we need all hands on deck. Nobody can be on the sideline just watching, right? Because I understand as a, as a black man, just as a man in this country, it's sometimes it's so hard to get to the bag. Sometimes it's so hard to put yourself in a position where you can take care of your family properly. And once you get there, you'd be like, man, I don't want to do nothing to fuck this up. And I get that. But what about the future for our kids, family? What about the future for our kids in this country? You see what I'm saying? If you're not willing to die for this shit, if you're not willing to, to, to go to bat for what you believe in, you're going to fall for anything, family. And I ain't with that shit. I'm getting too old for that. I ain't with that shit. As long as I'm alive, as long as I'm alive in this country, I'm going to speak truth to power to help my people. And I don't give a fuck who cares. I mean, I, 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 I don't give a fuck who like it. You see what I'm saying? So everybody, do me a favor. Look up the MOVE organization. Do some research about the MOVE organization. Another good thing about learning about these type of organizations that have been um, impactful in our community, we can duplicate these organizations. Now, of course, when dealing with the Black Panthers, even this organization, when I read about them, 
they may have went about things incorrectly, right? They may have done some things that maybe they could have demonstrated a little bit differently so you can learn from other groups' mistakes but so we can start our own shit. You see what I'm saying? But, the, but at the end of the day, sometimes I feel like it don't matter how you approach it, right? It don't matter how you approach it. They're going to deem you a threat because your skin color. And until I can visually see in America that that's not the case, I'm going to continue speaking truth to power, man. That's just it. So do your research on the MOVE organization. Philadelphia, you're on some bullshit apologizing. What is that apology going to do? You got nine people who just getting out. The last brother just got out February 2020. He did 38 years in jail for being a part of an organization who didn't like police brutality. The cop was shot. They did. Their organization shot a cop in the head and like two other cops. But they were shooting at them. So what is so? Cops in America have always been beyond reproach. And I'm going to continue to say this. Policing in America started with slave patrols. If you didn't know that, that's the history of policing in America started with niggas on white men on horses finding slaves. You get caught. Show me your paper, i.e. the ID that we show today. Show me, show me your papers. I may bring your ass back. I may kill you. I may do whatever I want to with you. But slave patrolling to me, family, that ideology is the same shit that we deal with today. So I don't I don't know how how anybody that's alive from that move organization could accept this apology because it's a little bit too late, in my opinion. You feel me? So on to the topic, family. Now, on to the topic of the day. So I am a. Father of five, and I say it all the time because I'm I'm the my platform with the 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 reason for me doing all of this, the antithesis of me doing all of this is based around my early struggles as a black man trying to be a father. I had four kids by the age of 23 years old by two different women. So it was a struggle just trying to be a man, right? It was a struggle just figuring out the best way to approach this situation coming from a broken home myself. So I didn't have a like like this isn't a new story though. A lot of, a lot of my brothers in the in the community have had to do things the, the same way where you have you didn't have a father yourself. You meet this woman, get into a sexual relationship with a woman before you even know who you are, before you even know how to value a woman, before you even know how to pick the right woman because you don't necessarily know who you are. And at times when doing this the reason why I want to talk about this is setting the proper expectations. And let me tell you what I mean by that, right? If you're a black man and you have children, it's extremely important that you not only keep your word to your kids, but you be as transparent as they age will allow. And I say that because as a young father myself, I prevented or I was not truthful about certain situations because of my ego like I didn't want to say that I didn't have money I didn't want to say that shit I didn't know what I was doing you see what I'm saying so I'll make up excuses I would just kind of string them along to a degree and even though you know me and my kids we have things that we're still working out but when I look back at their youth it's obvious to me why there could be some resentment there it's obvious to me why they um or a little reluctant when it comes to 
certain things because I wasn't as transparent as I needed to be and I didn't set the proper expectations. If you a black father and you don't have money, you have time, family. If you don't have money, be honest about that. Look, I'm working this little job. I'm paying child support. You know, another thing I struggled with is I didn't know how to um, approach a situation with my child. And let's say I'm not in a relationship with his mom. I didn't know how to approach this with knowing that she has a she had a part in this too. Like whatever moment I'm going through that may be based in my dysfunction, the woman had a part in it too. And I didn't know how to express this to my kids without shitting on their mom. So I wouldn't say nothing because I was big on that. Like I didn't want them to feel any way about their mothers based on my words. I'm not too sure if they felt the same way, but I didn't want that to happen. So I'd make excuses. I would say why I couldn't do certain things and all of that led to resentment all of that led to like a fractured relationship, especially when you're dealing with, with boys, right? That's why I always say, or I stress the importance of knowing who you are. That's why knowledge of self is so important to me, knowing who you are and protecting your seed. Like how we start our families in America, black men in America, not all of us, let, let me be clear, not all of us, but a lot of us be on bullshit. Having a baby at a young age, as a teenager, that's strike one. Having a baby with a woman that you only been knowing for a year and a half, two years. This is my opinion, family. I'm of the belief that you should be over 21 when you have a baby and you should be in a stable relationship for three to five years. That's what I believe. So when the child finally comes, you know exactly who this woman is. You know exactly who you are. You guys have had talks about college. You guys have had talks about what type of school you want them to go to. Like, I'm sorry, family. This shit to me should be the normal. Should be the normal, right? The proper expectations need to be set. This should be the normal. And, and, and I have to, as much as I talk about racism, as much as I talk about the systematic impression, the, the systematic indifferences that we have to face in this country, all that shit is real, right? But we have a say. And I always say this, I'm not going to let y'all off the hook. As black men, the whole baby mama phenomenon, this is horrible, family. This is horrible. And we listen to hip hop like a part of our culture kind of normalizes some bullshit. You shouldn't have hella baby mamas everywhere. I don't care how much money you got. Any kid that has to go to multiple household, ask your child. Fathers out there, if you got a kid. Now, I'm not saying they don't love you. They don't love their mom. If you got a kid that lives with the mom sometimes, lives with you sometimes, ask them if they prefer that. Or they would prefer being in the goddamn house with both of their parents. We have gotten so far away from normalcy. Now, it's a two-part answer because this system has played a number on us. The welfare system, the war on drugs, there has been a deliberate attack on the black family by this country. That's a fact. Like, we're not going to get away from that. That's a fact. But... The next step should be, what are we going to do about it? Are we just going to sit back and complain and act like we don't have a say-so? Like, man, look, my, my father's out there. If you got a young man, 15, 16, 14, make sure he values his seed. Make sure he not running around town just trying to conquer women just so, just so he can be on some man shit now. I'm not saying that a young man can't have fun. A young man can't uh, 
figure out what type of woman he wants. And that may take dealing with different women, but there's a responsible way to go about that. Like all of our young men should know how to put condoms on at 12, 13 years old. This is my opinion. They should know how to put condoms on. We should have conversations with them about starting their family the right way. If I'd done a story earlier about LeVar Ball and how ultimately he got both, he got two of his sons in the NBA. One of them may be getting in. This is an example that all of us can follow, right? Take the time and energy and put it into our families. Like I tell everybody this, one of the most revolutionary acts you can do as a black man is to be a dedicated father. Now, it's brothers in the community that do their thing that never had the kind of problems that I put on myself as far as being 17, having two girls pregnant, thinking I want to fuck everything I'm looking at, like being hella irresponsible, not wearing condoms, not thinking about my future. Right. Not thinking about what kind of school my kids going to go to. Not thinking about what kind of house I want to raise them in. I have my kids. Then I start thinking about all this shit. Then I start reading books. Then I start understanding that I was a part of the problem in the community. And yes, I mean that if you in any black community in America and you just having kids here, having kids there, you're a part of the fucking problem, family. You're a part of the fucking problem. One of the biggest problems we face today, if because look, I know a lot of young men who are bright kids, who are very smart, who got a lot of things going for them mentally, right? But we need to realize if a child, um, a boy specifically, both girl and boy, excuse me, but if a boy is in the home and it's just a woman, this is an imbalanced family. We've normalized some tragic shit. It shouldn't be one. It shouldn't be a woman, just a woman in any of our households. Now, granted, you can spend six years getting to know a woman, spend hella years romancing her, spend hella years figuring out what y'all want to do, and then y'all can have a baby, and the shit can still not work out. That happens. I'm not saying that just because you do it the right way, you're, you're going to get the right results, but let's keep it real. How many of us is actually focusing on doing it the right way? And yes, I say that's the right way. People be telling me all the time, it don't matter if you 18 and you have a baby, you need to love the baby, love the situation. Fuck all that. When a baby is small, yeah, they cute, cuddly, the shoes is hella cheap and shit, they smell hella good. What about when they 10 and 11 and need tutelage? What about when they 6, 7, 8 and need to know how to read? I'm tired of seeing my people, when I go to the side of town that I'm from, South Sacramento, and I go in Walmart and I go in the store and I see these chicks with hella fake hair down to their ass, the little boy got some bummy ass shoes on, his nose is running, his hair not brushed, I think God damn. God damn, when are we going to stop this shit? Because yes, the system did a number on us. So what do you do with that information is the question. You know what you do? You learn from that shit. There's a maze that's been set up to attack your black ass. That's facts. The question is, how do you get through this maze? Do you just run through it blindly and fall in the shit and say, oh, I don't know that? No, 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 no. Everybody got these goddamn phones. There's enough information out there today to have an acute understanding of what's been done to your people and what's still being done to your people. And if you learn this shit, you can avoid some of this shit. If you learn it, you can begin to love yourself first.
Because if you don't love yourself, you're not going to love me. That's, that's just 100 right there. So you learn to love yourself first. Then you can go out in the community and love our people, man, because we need it. You see everything going on and people want to argue me down about Biden, about Trump. Are you out of your fucking mind? What's the difference? Can somebody tell me? Somebody watch it. Give me the difference between Biden and Trump. Ultimately. Ultimately. Because people like to give me these little non sequiturs about he did this for our community. He released 6,000 prisoners. He created a plan. Give me some shit that's directly affecting our community. What? When was the last president... The last white man, because Obama, he didn't do shit for us. When is the last president that actually went into our hood and done something sus uh, sub uh, substantial? To me, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, family. So if it's never going to happen, who has to do it? Us. Us. How do we start that process? How you start your family. How you interact with your community. How you love your woman. How you be honest with your woman. How we hold black women up. You see what I'm saying? Like our community is the most attacked. Our community is the most attacked in this country. And we have to be aware of that. But not to be no excuse written motherfuckers. Like we shouldn't be learning about. Because I had a. I keep referencing this because this is a close associate of mine. And we had a great conversation. And he's telling me that you know. My platform, I'm teaching black folks to have excuses. I'm giving them an excuse on why they can't be successful. And I don't like that shit because I go, at, I go to great lengths to articulate my full point. You feel what I'm saying? And my full point is we can't take the system off the table. We can't give the system a pass. If we try to ignore racism, because this brother told me racism don't exist. Crazy shit, my, crazy shit I've heard, uh, heard, uh, heard in my life. If we ignore this system, then we're going to be caught in the traps. We're we going to be easily manipulated if we ignore what they've done to us and ignore what they've continued to do to us. In my opinion, what's helped me the most as a black man in this country is learning history. Learning about history and what we've had happened to us now when i see presidents when i see political pundits i say this is nothing more than history repeating itself repeating itself but every four years they get everybody all charged up like this new white man is going to institute change now granted Politicians have policies and procedures that they follow and some of these policies may affect us Greatly, sometimes not at all, but ultimately the neighborhood I grew up in still looks the same way. And I'm tired of talking about what the system should or should not be doing when in actuality, if all of us had a crisp understanding of what this system has done to us and a commitment to our people in general, not just your family. I get it that you got to take care of your kids. You got to secure the bag to make sure your children have a future. I'm never going to tell you not to do that. But what about my kids? What about the kids that live around the corner from you? You see what I'm saying? So we all got to get to a point where we just loving black people globally and we stay on code with each other. We love each other. We treat each other the right way. We don't just throw niggas under the bus when they say something we don't like. We don't participate in this cancel culture shit where somebody black can say one thing you don't like 
Now, all of a sudden, he a coon. Now, all of a sudden, he ain't now. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie and act like I don't call niggas coons when they, when they deserve it. But you got to deserve it. This is like repeat offenders. If you repeatedly show me that you don't mean the black community no good, the coon title, which is an action, right? It's something you're actually doing. This is a way to ostracize particular people so we can know not to deal with them, right? And like I always say, if you study history, like Haitian Revolution, which was an extremely successful revolution where they got in a white man's ass, do you know the first thing they did in Haiti? Before they found anybody white and put their hands on them, the first thing they did is, where the coons at? Because if we don't get them first, they're going to fuck this whole thing up. Over two to 300 slave revolts have been attempted in America. Maybe more, maybe a little less, may, maybe a little more. All of them, for the most part, have been forded based on what we call a coon. Based on a black man or woman thinking white ice is colder, wanting to get in good with the white man. You see what I'm saying? They would go tell, and this happened all the time, family. So we have a fraction of our community that don't mean us no good, and we got to figure out what to do with them too. Like, that's some real shit. You know what I mean? So I appreciate everybody tuning into the show today, man. And that's Black Fathers. Again, if you haven't been to my website, please go to MelanatedFathers.com. MelanatedFathers.com. This video will be uploaded to Melanated Fathers TV on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, please do that now. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel so I can keep bringing you dope content. I want to be able to make the biggest impact possible to my community. So please go to the website. If you haven't done so in a while, that's melanatedfathers.com. News stories, information about history, parenting articles. If you're in the Sacramento area t Thursday, um, Thanksgiving, we have in our second annual community Thanksgiving dinner. So it's from one to, damn it, what is it? Wait, 11 to one. 11 to 2, I'm sorry. 11 to 2, almost had a little brain fart there. 11 to 2 on Thanksgiving. If you're in the Sacramento area, please tell everybody you know if they need a hot meal. We're serving hot meals on Thanksgiving. I know some people give like the turkeys. You can take it home and fry it. But we want to service the community of people who may not have a damn oven. You may, you, may, you know what I mean? May not, may not have an oven. May not be in the necessary position to make a Thanksgiving dinner for themselves. So we are going to do that. So that is the 26th. That's on Thanksgiving. If you're in the Sacramento area, please tell everybody you know. Come out. Um, if they need food, if you know somebody who ain't doing that well, they don't have to feel bad about it. Tell them, come on down. We'll feed their whole family. Again, that's th this Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, the 26th, at Thompson Rose Chapel Funeral Home, 3601 Fifth Avenue in Sacramento, California, my family's business. So this has been another great episode, man, of the Melanated Convo Podcast. Follow me on Instagram, which is MelanatedFathers100. Go to the website, MelanatedFathers.com. Check out the YouTube page, Melanated Fathers TV on YouTube. This has been another great show. I'm out.